0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women, and my guest, Lyra Logan, an MIT Master Trainer in Educational Mobile Computing. Lyra is also Executive Vice President and General Counsel of the Florida Education Fund, a nonprofit that creates and implements educational programs for underrepresented groups. The program is invaluable for so many of our youth, and Lyra is here to share some insights. Lyra Logan, good morning, and many thanks for joining us this morning.
1: Kate, thank you for having me.
0: And may I say I am in just complete awe of you. Technology and I are not necessarily um, friends, I guess you might say. I mean, we get along, (laughs) but (laughs) but certainly not uh, always, you know, very well. So anyone who really has, well... For you, you have these extraordinary skills and then you are writing books about this and you're working with uh, teachers, with kids and encouraging them and building their skills. So my my deepest appreciation and awe of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, actually, before we really launch into our our conversation about what is going on in schools and such, what about you? How did you really come to the technology field? Um, Was this kind of a natural inclination and interest of yours?
1: Well, you know, I consider myself to be an old-timer in tech, um, and um, so i grew up and even had my early years uh, working solely as an attorney. I'm still an attorney for the fund that I work for, but I was uh, working through the years with no computer on my desk, if anyone can believe that, and there were there was no email, and uh, there were certainly no cell phones, etc. But um, when that all came out, let's say, um, and where we all started having email and and personal computers, I got um, enthralled with web design. And I wanted to see if I could, you know, create something that everyone in the world could see. And so that intrigued me. And so I, I taught myself how to do web design. And then also to make them interactive, I had to learn how to do web programming. So that started my interest and sort of, um, that was my introduction to technology and and computer programming.
0: So that's really quite fascinating because you're so much self-taught and just curious. So I think that there's a way that that transfers so well to encouraging students today, especially in the environment that we find ourselves in where there is so much remote classroom going on.
1: Right. I think it's, If everyone just, I know we're all very, very busy and somewhat stressed, but if you just take this opportunity to to really be curious and, you know, because a lot of folks have been having, you know, parents and even, even teachers have complained that they may not have received sort of the technical assistance they needed before we had to switch to virtual here recently. Um, and so I think just a natural curiosity and willingness to explore um, can sort of help in, 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 um, in, in that regard, although I know we're all short of time. But because we, you know, back in, um, I guess, in this spring, uh, PC Magazine had a story about how nearly two-thirds of parents said they were at a loss because they didn't feel like they knew how to use the technology. And so I would say that you just have to sort of explore for yourself, visit the websites, look at their help sections. And certainly um, YouTube can be a positive. Uh, you know, if you've got your your um, appropriate parent filters on, um, YouTube and other video sharing websites have hundreds now of um, good instructional videos on most of the popular online platforms and tools that the schools are using during this remote learning.
0: So, as you say this, and I think about the challenges and how you approached your own learning in technology... I'm going to kind of look at this as an out-of-the-box approach. So rather than being so frustrated and feeling backed up, if parents potentially, and, and granted this would take some, I guess, adjusting, and there's time involved, but in a right. kind of more ideal situation, if parents could kind of maybe then work alongside kids and do the exploring, there's a kind of education that is really perhaps even... Which is fundamental, I think, to just learning in general. That if you do this kind of exploring with curiosity, uh, you're going to ultimately meet the goals of what you need to um, in a classroom.
1: Exactly, and and then and there's nothing wrong. I think maybe sometimes you want to parents and even teachers want to always be the one sharing the knowledge, and I think there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with exploring together, learning together, um, and and seeing that as something that you can do throughout your life whenever you encounter something new, that you can figure it out. You can take time and, and um, you know, and sort of embrace uh, anything that's presented to you that's new and, and and go ahead and figure out how it works, how to use it.
0: Right. And maybe that would, well, maybe at first it would feel frustrating, but I think ultimately it would alleviate a lot of stress and could even maybe be fun.
1: Yes, I, I, I right. agree. I think it. I think it's very fun to explore, and and I do consider myself to be sort of a lifelong learner, um, and I think that that's a good quality in the sense of then not being overwhelmed by when when, when new things, when you must confront new things, as we've all had to do here of late.
0: Exactly. And I love that. I appreciate that term, lifelong learner. Uh, Having said that, I'm just, you know, not very adept at at computers and technology. On the other (laughs) hand, I, I still regard myself as a lifelong learner. I we can do it in so many different areas, but certainly technology yes. yeah. is is quite critical right now, just because um, of the circumstances we are in with this pandemic.
1: Yes, it is. It's very critical, and I think um, I'm sort of embracing it even more as a as as really the the key to a lot of the problems that we to finding a lot of solutions for the problems that that we've encountered during the pandemic I mean what would we have done um without well for me I I feel like the 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 program or the application a computer application that that's been the most helpful for me and to keep me from being feeling isolated and is the um web video conference software that's that many people are using either Zoom or Google Meets. I mean, there are many of them, but I, I'm embracing that as a, as a, as a solution to, just um, for so many of us, not just with work, but with interacting with family, and um, you know, staying connected in a time where you're alone a lot.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so in that regard, we might consider ourselves to be fortunate that this is in place versus, you know, this happening, say, even just 30 years ago, we certainly had none of this kind of infrastructure available to ourselves.
1: Right. And so there have been a lot of solutions and uh, with technology. And so that is one of the reasons why I think uh, exposing students to computer science and technology is very important, not that we're trying to make them all computer scientists, certainly, but just, you know, acknowledging and knowing that that you can have the power to help create some of these solutions um, in times like these and, and other challenging times, I think is very empowering. So one of the
0: challenges, I guess, that does exist is that are we looking at Kids from perhaps um, more the immigrant families where English may not be the first language, particularly for the parents, and there might be a challenge there of parents being able to feel confident enough to help their own kids. Well, I think
1: I mean the sense that I have gotten from hearing anecdotal, um, you know, accounts as well as reading reading broadly on the internet is that it's just been that parents really haven't had to uh, necessarily become the teacher like they have um, here. They've had to sort of be, and I know many parents are very involved, but they don't necessarily before, they didn't necessarily before this time have to actually know every single assignment that a child had and sort of try to walk a child through that if a teacher. Um, wasn't available, and then of course in the in, in the environments that you're talking about, in the you know rural or um, you know low-income uh, communities where they don't even have access to the technology, um, to the computers or to the internet, um, the parents are now having to actually be the teacher. So I think it's that's what has, um, in addition to having to help a kid get online and get into all these different you know five and six different websites each day they're also having to be the teacher and so it's um you know in some ways that's obviously very challenging but in others it's um you know there are some things that that schools aren't teaching as much as you may think they are and so it's a time as a parent where you now have the ability to choose what a child you know what a child can learn in some part I mean obviously you want to follow and 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 help them with the assignments that the teachers are giving them. But this is, a you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity as well to expose them to other, other subjects.
0: Right. And as we were just saying earlier about that lifelong learning and being curious is uh, right. use kind of the, a basic part of a class and then just kind of branch out and, and, and have fun as you explore.
1: Right. Um, and I know there I, I know um, there was a, because we were speaking about technology and computer science, there was a survey or a report out in 2019 that said nine out of 10 parents, so 90% of parents, want their children to learn computer science, but only 45% of the high schools are teaching it. And so, you know, what an opportunity this now is when you're, you're basically immersed in technology to, you know, just learn more about it, learn more about the hardware, learn, learn more, you know, about coding or about other aspects of computer
0: science. And you mentioned coding, and isn't that an area that you actually have expertise and, and really specialize in with, um, with kids? Yes, it is.
1: Um, it's a, it's, I, I'm passionate about it, having learned it again when I was telling you when I was doing websites and wanted them to be more interactive than just something that you can look at on the screen. Um, and so, yes, I decided to start a program at the, uh, at the nonprofit that I work at that's called the Florida Education Fund, and it's called Codemasters. And we, have, um, we work with students from grades four through 12, teaching them... Computer programming through a lot of fun, um, in a lot of fun contexts, like robotics and game design and web design and also artificial intelligence a little bit and, of course, mobile app development. So it's, a, it's, it's very exciting to me to see even those very young children be able to understand the fundamental um, concepts that they'll be able to use um, as they go on in um, learning learning you know, different uh, computer coding, computer programming languages.
0: So I'm jealous because I, I see these young young kids, the young brains, they're, they're just such sponges that it's just so easy to pick up on that and, and work with it and just really, you know, kind of use that as a launching pad. So that is really giving them quite a, uh, an excellent foundation for the future. For for now and for the future.
1: Yes, definitely it is um, because what you know what I I guess have learned having tried my hand at several different programming languages is that they're all uh, they're all built on the same found, same concepts and and principles and foundations. So whether you're taking a language like the one I use in in the book Learn to Program with App Inventor, it's a programming environment. Really for beginners because you're not typing tedious code. You're dragging and dropping blocks that um, that encompass that code and do you know have that that coding functionality in the blocks. And so it's very easy. It's visual, and um, but at the same time it allows you to create mobile apps that have all the cool features. Um, you know the mobile technology features like the camera and the GPS, etc. And so as you're building these apps with me through the book, you're also learning those fundamental um, programming concepts so that you can take them and build other apps and then even progress to a text-based language that kind of scares people. Um, You know, you'll be able to move to that level and use the same concepts you're learning in the book.
0: And so is this part of what goes on with the foundation with the Florida Education Fund?
1: Yes, part of our work is to work with um, very, very young children just because our main programs are education programs and and fellowships for students studying for their PhDs. And so what we do is make sure that we always have a steady pipeline of students who've been exposed broadly and who may not go on uh, as far as getting a, a PhD, but certainly know that it's available. You know, know what it is, what it takes to to get to that educational level.
0: So that is so excellent to again start young and have an idea. If that is really where their interest is, that really guides them along and prepares them for that future. Exactly. Yeah
1: and a lot of of what we find that we must do in in the communities that we work in because we work with a lot of underserved students and one of the main things that they need to do that makes kids in underserved communities successful is seeing just nearly seeing someone who may have come from the same community doing Something like computer programming or going on and getting a PhD, then they it just almost instantly then know that they too can do it, and so that's part of the part of the work as well.
0: And I think that that's what we really are seeing during this time is um, we're seeing highlighted those areas that there is the inequity, that there is that need to help. Students who are, for whatever reason, in these circumstances that they don't have the same kinds of privileges. So uh, we can look at this COVID time as having highlighted that. And what you're doing, having started before the pandemic, I know, but this helps to show that this there is a model existing that can really focus on it. And as you say, showing these young people what is possible because there are people that look like them doing the same thing. So that's, I mean, that is very exciting.
1: Yes, it is exciting. And it's work we've been doing since 1984. It's just sort of filling, filling the gaps because you certainly, you know, it takes more um, often than, than just the schools or, or just parents. And so we, we, we uh, we are there to sort of fill those gaps and, and put in uh, program after school programming and summer programming that can expose um, expose kids very broadly to the possibilities.
0: So in ter- that it that's a since eighty four that's a a lot of years. So you <laughs> see the results of that. We'll call it investment of that time and encouragement. And has it really Been positive have Have there been a lot of students take this course of action and really um, move forward in the tech field?
1: Oh, many. Um, because we uh, because STEM is a focus, STEM being science, technology, engineering, and math. uh, We have we give so we have a, a like I was saying, we have a doctoral fellowship program, and so. About 60% of our fellowships that we award each year for the Ph.D. fellowship program, the doctoral fellowship program, um, go to people in STEM. And so um, many of the students whom we work with from the elementary level to the secondary level and through college are, um, go into the sciences and technology and engineering and math. And we're able to then look back at our, um, at e- even our current fellows and of course our graduates with the, the PhDs to come back and sort of be those role models and mentors for our students. And so there's been much success with that.
0: That is really super. So this is actually, well, it has Florida in the name, Florida Education Fund. Are you aware of this replicated anywhere across the country?
1: I know there are, there are. Uh, Other entities that do similar work. Um, So, yes. I don't know if every state or if there's one in, you know, if they're all over the country, but certainly there are other entities that do very similar work.
0: And we were talking about or mentioned just briefly, uh, touched on your book, Learn to Program with App Inventor. So here's an opportunity um perhaps in in areas that uh you know might be more rural areas that don't have access to maybe an entity in a, in a metropolitan area that they can pick up the book and use this as a great resource uh again parents and kids learning side by side exactly
1: and and what i was thinking um now even you know even if you have all the technology, it's really now a good opportunity to sort of unplug for at least a while where, and, and go ahead and, and and pick up the book and just read and and try to try to focus on just learning the the computer programming aspects, learning about what technology can do and how what you can do with technology um of course you'll have to jump back on the computers as as we walk through creating eight really interesting apps but at least for a time you can unplug and read um uh, and reflect upon all the basic and fundamentals of computer programming
0: so uh, uh, that is another aspect of of education that maybe isn't part of the classroom work, but really fits that you're doing the the reading. So maybe it's not a, an assigned book, but it's the additional reading, and it's building that right. s- that skill and uh, comprehension. You know, all of that tied in together.
1: Right, and on a topic that that you know you you may not be getting you know in your in your current school, so. It's a really good opportunity. And another um, thing when you're t- when we're talking about people in the rural areas or people who, who, do, who do not have access to either the computers or the Internet access that would be needed for remote, um, I was actually preparing uh, for a presentation to talk with teachers about how you can use this, um, this app inventor that I write about in the book to create learning apps. Um, in fact, one of the apps in the book is a. Uh, I think it's really fun, but I, I'm, I guess I like math. So I I I walk the reader through creating a a multiplication an app where they where you can practice your multiplication tables, and so it does not need to be connected to the internet. And so imagine if if teachers. Um, knew how to create a quick app that, you know, we, even though a kid can't get on and do all you would want them to do on a learning website, at least they could practice some skills, create a quick app so that their students could download it. They'd need internet for that, but then they can take a phone and, and just work on those skills.
0: That is so perfect. Again, kind of, you know, finding ways around problems or challenges and coming up with a great way to get good learning done. And it might be fun because it's an app. It uh, will be an interesting way to go through it.
1: Yes, yes. It, it, and it should be fun. I mean, the app actually speaks. It says correct. And, of course, it says wrong when you're wrong. And But um, I think it's a time that we can be, we can all... Um, you know, see what has been done to sort of help us through the the pandemic with technology and then join in and, and help create some of those solutions. We all have the ability and certainly what it takes to do it.
0: And what I gather from that too is it is learning at your own pace, which has a lot of value.
1: Yes, right? it is learning at your own pace. Um, certainly uh, what the the, the builders of App Inventor, the App Inventor platform always say is that it's, um, you know, and, and a lot of people use the platform to get a quick prototype of an app that they're thinking about putting on the um, the Google Play Store, but, um, and so how quickly you can create with the platform so that, you know, you don't get bogged down and it doesn't take months and months to come up with an app, but certainly it's, it's nothing that you have to rush through. You can take take your time and, and learn how to, to do it. And, and then, and you know, it does take time to actually come up with a good idea. So um, once you learn how to do something that someone's showing you to do, you certainly want to be able to then take that knowledge and, um, you know, and create something that, that you come up with on your own. And you certainly have that ability as well.
0: Exactly. So it, it's such a, well, that cliche kind of thing of win-win. It being able to, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's mention your website, Lyra.
1: Okay. Yes. The, and uh, the book does have its own website called programwithappinventor.org. And on there, um, you know, we can continue the conversation. People, uh, email me from there, get my email address from there all the time and um, it, w- what we did was um, I worked with I worked with a publisher on the book and that was a great experience as well. I'd never worked with a publisher before but I had so many different editors and I had a tech reviewer and she happened to be a computer scientist and so we worked together to create lesson plans for the book so when you go to that website, uh, this is specifically for teachers, you can also email me and get the Get the lesson plans, and I've been sending them all over, which is exciting to uh, Africa and in Europe, and, um, and and of course, states, uh, people from various from the various states. Um, and we also can, you know, schedule an app building class, or um, yeah, we can just continue the conversation about empowering ourselves to build our own technological solutions.
0: Exactly, it sounds so exciting. And you you make yourself so readily available, which hopefully it's not overly taxing, uh, uh, you know, as it becomes uh, more and more people note it and get in contact with you. But hopefully um, there's just enough that is... Stimulating on on your side, but people then, you know, really get uh, excited and see the possibilities. And it's really, a, it sounds like a, such a perfect class that's adaptable for whatever age level, too.
1: Yes, it is. You um, usually starting in middle school, you would you would work with this particular platform, the the App Inventor platform, but all the way up to um, any age um, would certainly if you If you want to be able to create with technology, you certainly can. and And then once you learn how to code, I always say you you absolutely have the power to do anything. so I may be you know I, I, I am you know passionate about it, but um, certainly um, it's a good skill to have in the times that we're living in.
0: And just cycling back round to where we were speaking earlier about parents and and their kids together, uh, this again works for whatever age level then, and is uh, really such a good collaboration on in so many ways. Uh, you know it's just going to be fun and learning, and I think people will feel encouraged and maybe really excited.
1: I think so. Yes, I've seen um, I've seen parents and in our program, certainly we involve parents and we have the occasional parent night where parents can come in and, and try to do it as well. Um, and, the, and then it's it's so beautiful to watch the the student, the, the children sort of become the teachers and um, everybody learning the same thing together.
0: That That's a good one. The kids feel really a, a sense of pride and empowerment when they're able to do that. Exactly. So we mentioned the website. You also are available to follow on Twitter and Facebook, right?
1: Yes. Um, So the Twitter is App Inventor Book. And then that's the same on Facebook. I'm at App Inventor Book. And then Instagram is Learn to Program.
0: So many ways to uh, follow you, learn more. Certainly, as we were saying, this book is such a great tool. Learn to program with App Inventor. And, you know, just such a great collaboration, encouragement, and uh, finding ways around, you know, feeling stressed with a situation, being more proactive and finding the solution.
1: Exactly. It's um, that it's it. it. This is the perfect time to sort of put that into practice.
0: Well, you are certainly very encouraging and such a great role model for us uh, approaching this way of learning, Lira Blogan.
1: Thank you so much, Kate. I really have appreciated the opportunity to talk with you.
0: Well, it's been fun and informative. And again, many thanks. We'll look forward to great results with all of our kids and parents. Thank you so much. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Lyra Logan and Sunday Morning Magazine with Kenneth Davis. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I so greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names and look for the guest name. I now wish you and your family a day of hope, being aware that knowledge is powerful.